coming up. Now understand this though, that the resurrection speaks to every area of our lives. I'm going to say that again because I don't want you to miss it. The resurrection has something to say for whatever you could ever experience in life. It is relevant to all of our experiences. The resurrection is. So the fact that we're looking at it to help inform us about what now as we move out of the pandemic or what the post pandemic look like, we're right on point because we got to do that anyway. It doesn't matter whatever you going on in your life. The resurrection matters. It's, it speaks to it in some kind of way. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Everyone experiences life disrupting events. When these events occur, we are forced to decide what our next steps will be. Now that deaths from COVID-19 have tremendously declined and safety measures are relaxing, what will be your next steps as a follower of Jesus Christ? Join Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn for the message series, What Now? As they look at how the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ helps guide our attitudes and actions in the post-pandemic world. Here's the first message in the series, be Equippers, Part 1. So our current message series is simply two words. What now? What now? It's a question. Yeah. What now? And our subtopic for today is Be Equippers. Be Equippers. Now on your outline, write this down. Now that we are moving from significant death to significant life, what now? Mm-hmm. Now that we're moving from significant death to significant life, what now? Yeah. In a practical sense, as you know, we're still in a pandemic, but there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Things are shifting. And we have, and some of you may have been touched personally by death due to COVID-19. This is a real issue. Mm -hmm. So we've come from significant death and we're moving towards significant preservation or restoration Mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. Amen. And this, we want to, in this series, parallel with the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Because truly, Jesus Christ was the most significant death of all humankind. And the resurrection was the most significant restoration or resurrection of life. Yes, yes. The most significant activity of all time. Amen. And so we want to see what we can learn from the resurrection that can inform us about what now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What should we be doing now after experiencing significant death and significant life? What shall we be doing? Now understand this though, that the resurrection speaks to 
every area of our lives. I'm going to say that again because I don't want you to miss it. The resurrection has something to say mm -hmm. for whatever you could ever experience in life. It is relevant to all of our experiences. Mm -hmm. The resurrection is. Yeah. So the fact that we're looking at it to help inform us about what now as we move out of the pandemic or what the post-pandemic look like, we're right on point because we got to do that anyway. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're going on in your life, the resurrection matters. It, it speaks to it in some kind of way. Yeah. So we're going to look at this. Now, there's the general what now <laughs> that we should be always doing. And so and let's look at Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Many of you are familiar with it. It's just general thing that we should always do. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him mm -hmm. and he will make your path straight. Amen. So in general, whatever's happened, we got to trust in God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got to um, do that with all of our heart and we got to not lean on our own understanding. And we always have to submit to God no matter what happens. Amen. Okay. That's general. Yeah. But the resurrection also has something specific and we're going to look into the text, into our scripture to see what the resurrection can say to us as we look at the post-resurrection lives of the early church. Okay. We're going to look at them. And today we're actually going to use Peter as our case study to see what we can learn about what now we're going to look at the life of Peter, the po aspects of the life of Peter post resurrection mm -hmm. and see what we can learn or glean for, to answer our question of what now. Amen. Amen. So be on your paper from the perspective of Peter. What now? <laughs> From the perspective of Peter, what now? The first thing I want to share is going back to normal is not an appropriate option. Mm -hmm. Going back to normal is not an appropriate option. John 21, 1 through 3 says this. Afterward, Jesus appeared to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Okay, now I'm going to pause for a second to make sure we're tracking. This is post-resurrection. Mm -hmm. And we know and we'll, we will see later that this, this appearance of Christ is the third time he appeared to the disciples. Mm -hmm. So this is post-resurrection and then not the first time they encounter him. So he reads again, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. All right, I want to pause on that just so we catch the scene here. Okay. Okay. Um, if, you, if, 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 you, if you didn't count, it was seven of them. Okay, seven of them was, were together. Um, and, 
and that's a good thing. We were just talking about that earlier, yeah. right? My wife yeah. was sharing, you know, we got to gather together. We got to lean on each other. Yes, relationship. 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 Yeah. So it was a good thing that they were together. Mm -hmm. That was good. Right. But look at what the text goes on to say. And, uh, and number verse number three. Okay. It says, uh, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they said, well, we'll go with you. <laughs> so they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, let's dive in here. Seven of them hanging out. And Peter says, and again, this is post-resurrection. Mm -hmm. This is, if, if you're not tracking with me, this is post the greatest event in all of history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Y'all got yeah. this. This, is, yeah. this, this, this. There yeah. hasn't been any happening that is greater than this. Right. Amen. And Peter says, I'm going fishing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's how I'm all celebrating. Right. I'm, I'm going, going fishing. I'm going fishing. <laughs> I'm going fishing. And, and, and Peter's influence on the other six, they said, well, we'll go with you. Going with you. Now, this, this is after the greatest event of all time, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's the resurrection of their master, their Lord, the one they've been hanging out with for over three years. Yeah. And Peter says, I'm going fishing. But look what happened. It says they caught nothing mm. all night. Yeah. Now, on the surface, that might not seem like a big deal. But it is on, in, in many ways. Number one, Peter was a professional fisherman. Mm -hmm. Okay. He, he knew how to fish. Right. All right. Um, he, he, he hadn't done it in a while, apparently, because the text tells us he was hanging out with Jesus being disciple for three years. Right. But the fish is still a fish. It's still yeah, a fish. Yeah. The water's still water. Right. right. <laughs> right. Nothing they, changed. They changed. Right. right? Yeah. So they were out there all night. Hmm. Caught nothing. It, it, it wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, and what happened here was Peter went back to normal. He was fishing when, when Jesus called him. That's right. When Jesus called him to follow him, he was fishing. Mm -hmm. He dropped his nets. He dropped his nets. Because mm -hmm. Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. Amen. So the, 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 the message and the thing that Jesus wanted out of Peter was to fish for men, not for fish. Mm -hmm. But Peter went back. Mm-hmm. To normal. Back to normal. <laughs> and, and caught nothing. Right. No success there. Right? No success. Yeah. Man. That's because um, going back to normal is not an appropriate option. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking to us now as followers of Jesus Christ after this long year that we've been through and all the deaths and everything that has happened. Going back to normal is not the appropriate option. It is not. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going we're pulling this out of from the the life of Peter. Yes, amen. But look what happened though. This is the kind of Lord we serve. Mm -hmm. Number two, write this down. Grace is available for whatever we humbly do. 
Grace is available for whatever we humbly do. Mm-hmm. Look what it says here in John 21, 4 through 6. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Now, the seven of them are out there fishing. Jesus is on the shore. Hopefully, hopefully you're tracking with me. Mm-hmm. Verse 5. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered, he said. Throw your net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I want to pause right there for a moment. I just want to make sure y'all with me here. Jesus asked them, did they have any fish? He wasn't asking them so that he would know. He already he knew. Already knew. Yeah, he already <laughs> they knew. didn't have any fish. Yes. He already knew. Um, and so he told them to throw their fish on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Yeah. And the text reads on, the text reads on. It says, when they did, they were unable to haul the net, the net in because of the large number of fish. Mm-hmm. Now, they were out there all night, nothing. Right. Zilch, zero. Yes. And now Jesus comes to the shore and says, throw it on the right side. It ain't like this the first time they had it on the right side. Right. It wasn't like they was all night throwing it on the left and catching nothing uh-huh. and just kept throwing it on the left. I'm sure Peter's a fisherman. He's, He's a professional. He should know. He, he yeah. should know. I'm going to throw it over here. Right. He, right. It had, it, we can safely assume the net had been on the right side before. Yes. But notice that they didn't hesitate to follow the instruction. Mm-hmm. Why is this significant? This is significant because they hesitated before. Mm-hmm. When Jesus gave them the same order before he called them to follow him. Yeah. So it indicated that there was some humility with the disciples to why they followed this order from this stranger who they didn't recognize at the time mm-hmm. from the shore. Mm-hmm. It demonstrated some humility that they would that they would do it. And let, let me explain to you what I'm saying. Oh, let me read the finish, finish the text. The text reads on to say, when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So, okay, I did read yes. that. Mm-hmm. Luke 5, 4 through 6 says this. When we had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Now, this again was before Jesus called them to follow. This was over three years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, three years sooner, earlier. Mm-hmm. Verse five, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to point out that the first time Jesus, when Jesus was before he died and resurrected, before he called them to follow, Jesus told them to throw their net. And, and Simon responds, we've been working all night. He didn't say that post-resurrection. He didn't right, say that this right, last time. Right. He, just did. he just did it. He followed the instructions. And he yes. just followed the instruction. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing out the difference in the mentality of Peter. So yes. he demonstrated some humility here. Yes. And then the text reads on, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Yes. So now he did do it. He just said he just had a he just wanted to get a little something, right. something in there right. before he did it before. Yes. This time he threw it. And then verse six says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Mm-hmm. So I'm just showing you 
that Peter was a little different this time. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> a little different this he time a than he was the first time. Yeah. And then James 4, 6 tells us this. It says, but he gives, speaking of God, he gives us more grace. That is why scriptures, the scriptures, why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Amen. All right. Amen. And I'm just making the point that <clears throat> even when we uh, do some things that maybe is not the best thing, mm -hmm. if we're humble, grace is always available. Grace is always available. Grace is always. So the, though they Amen. caught nothing that night, God gave them some grace. That's right. And so here's the third thing that we can glean from Peter's life. We should we should abandon our biases. Hmm. Abandon our biases. We should biases. abandon our bi our biases. Where's Fred? That sounds like something he might say. That should go on a t-shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Now, before I get into this text, I want to give some background here a little bit. Uh, Peter had a vision from God um, that indicated to him that God was of no respect for persons. And we'll see him say that. But God told him to, to, to eat something that Peter understood as being unclean. Mm -hmm. And in that messaging and that vision that he had that came to him three times, that Peter got the message finally that God was telling him yes. something. And this is where we're picking up here in the text. Acts 10, 34 through 35. Okay. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, mm -hmm. but accepts from, from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. So Peter has yeah. an epiphany here. And what had happened was that Peter saw the Holy Spirit descend upon Gentiles, non-Jewish people, people who he would not interact with. Mm -hmm. And he had went into a Gentile house, which was against the law to do. Mm -hmm. And he, he experienced them getting saved and receiving of the Holy Spirit. And from all of this, Peter, Peter concludes that God is of no respect of person yeah. or shows no favoritism, but expect, accepts all nations for them that yeah. wants to do right. We should be happy about and that. And we should be happy about Amen. that. Yeah. And so, uh, one of, as, as I said, we should pick up from this that in our post-pandemic, mm -hmm. let's get rid of some of our biases. Yes. We should open our minds to minister and evangelize outside of what we would what would be what would be normal for us. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, be willing to be uncomfortable in the sharing of Jesus Christ. Yeah, this will signal that you are that you are willing to accept a new normal, mm -hmm. which is what our lives is going to be anyway. Yeah, normal. I hope you're getting this. Mm -hmm. Be willing to get outside your norm. Mm -hmm. For the glory of God. Amen. And this is where Peter was post-resurrection. And this is something we need to take with us post-pandemic. Amen. Along with those wearing, still wearing of the mask. Huh? Along with still wearing the mask <laughs> and being safe. That's Absolutely. Right. That's right. So we'll be like, do you know Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> and, and As your to, Lord and Savior. <laughs> and let's try to smile with our eyes. So smile they know with we're, your eyes. Come in peace. <laughs> <laughs>
That's right. What Tyra Banks used to say, smize. Smize. Smile with your eyes. Smile with your eyes. Yes. That's right. (laughs) The fourth thing that we can do with the what now is we should examine our love for Jesus Christ. We should examine our love for Jesus Christ. Amen. John 21, 15 says, and we're back to the scene after they caught all these fish and Jesus on the shore. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Amen. Wow. Man. The post, the the resurrected Christ is talking to Peter Mm -hmm. and he says, Peter, Do you love me more than these? Now, it's unclear what Jesus meant by these. It's unclear. Mm -hmm. Some say he meant the fish. (laughs) 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 All right. Look, you got your mind on a fish a whole lot lately. Yeah. Do you love me more than the fish? Yeah. (laughs) That's what some say. Yeah. Uh, Some say he, he meant. The, these were the other disciples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It's unclear what it is. Yeah. But one thing we do know that technically in either case, uh, we shouldn't love anything or anyone more than Jesus anyway. That's right. <laughs> so it really doesn't matter what these are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. In the big scheme of things, because yeah. we ain't we're supposed to love him more than right. anything anyway. So you can fill in the blank. You, you love can, me more than this, yeah. you love me more than that. So yeah. your your these might not be my these. Right. See, right. your these might be shoes. Yeah. You know, my these might be, you know, yeah. sports. Yeah. Uh, your, I love <laughs> shoes. <laughs> your, your these, but not more than Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Your thieves might be houses, you know, you know, your thieves might be cars. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't love him more than these, (laughs) whatever, whatever your thieves is. All right. And so we should evaluate our love for Jesus Christ in this post pandemic world. It's whatever Jesus pointed at when he said these. Okay, that probably came from you, Dan. (laughs) What'd you say, Leanne? Say it was probably some good fried cat. <laughs> You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. 
Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. So all of us fall into the category of equipment because God wants, as the text says, the church to be built up, edified. He wants the church to come into its full or whole measure of following him. That's what God wants for his people. Yes. And so we are commanded to equip the people of God. And that's something that we need to do post-pandemic to make sure that we're equipping God's people. Thank you for listening.